0: Welcome back to Soul Back. This is the R&B podcast. This is your host Kyle. I've got Tom and Ed with me. What's going on, guys? What's up, players?
1: What's up, guys? That last episode was pretty crazy. First, we had Ed, and then all of a sudden, Kyle came out of nowhere.
0: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Man that that know. episode with uh, with Mila, bunch of technical difficulties. Um, and then more recently, I went on a Twitter rant at the industry because I was pissed that nobody was supporting the Soulback podcast. So we don't really have a artist guest today, but Tom, we do have a guest, right?
1: Man, we, we have a very special guest, someone we're glad to have with us. He is one of the three kings of New Jack Swing. He is the king of U- R&B in Europe, and he is a good friend of ours and supporter since basically day one, I'd have to say. It is our boy DJ Soulchild hey what's up fellas thank you for having me so I, I said you're w- one of the three kings of r&b who are the of, of new jack swing who are the other two um teddy riley and
2: william swing <laughs> william swing, swing. Oh, oh, my <laughs> oh my god oh my <laughs>
3: god
0: <laughs> shout outs to william swing <laughs> oh are we gonna hey, shout put, out Barry um, bars next <laughs> yeah, you told,
2: you, told, you told everyone I'm not an artist, man, but I am. I'm not just a DJ, you know.
0: Oh, okay. Well, artist and DJ, and I want to add on one of the alumni to our 2016 R&B draft, DJ Soulchild. <laughs> Let's put that yeah, out that's there. True. Right? That's true. But guys, look, before we get into this new music stuff, I've been wanting to ask you this for a long time, Soulchild. Did you steal the Soulchild part from Music Soulchild in your name? Hey, you do you know what? I've got out. a
2: funny story about that. Do you know what? Um, well, actually, I had this, the name in mind before I even knew who Music Soul Child was. Like like basically about three years before I even heard Just Friends, before it came out. And I always knew that I was going to call myself that if I ever became a DJ. And um, funnily enough, last year, the end of last year, I interviewed Music Soul Child for my um, radio station. Well, for my radio show. And I actually brought this into the conversation. It was actually one of my intro points. I said, do you know what? Um, I th- w- what did I say again? It was something like um, even, even though it's popular belief That I stole the name from you It's actually not the case um, I had the name in mind like um, Years before I actually knew who you were And um, to be honest I, th- I think I might have to sue you for that Wow <laughs> <laughs> And he didn't <laughs> think it was funny at all and he, uh, it was a joke. And, you know, you could tell by my voice I was, I was being funny about it, you know. And all he replied was, well, oh, okay.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> it
3: was Easy a huge Favourite artist, like. add it again.
1: You know Music Soul yeah. Child is royalty on here. You can't be dissing the man. Hey, man, he's R&B royalty for life,
2: man. He's good with me. And, you know, as, <laughs> as, as the interview went on, he, he got a bit more loose. And, you know, he, he loosened up a little bit. But, um, yeah, it was a bit of a stiff intro, man. I don't think you took it too lightly. Nice. man. <laughs> Shout out to Music oh. Soulchild, though.
0: So, Ed, because uh, Soulchild gave us his kings of New Jack Swing, which include himself, Teddy Riley, and William Swing, who are your kings of New Jack Swing? I mean,
3: do we even have to ask this question? I think you guys already know which kings I bow to. So,
2: Keith. <laughs> I mean
3: you should know I love that y'all are like just giggling through it cuz we all know the real king is King Keith himself, the man who started it all, Keith Sweat. And then of course you got to give it to my man Teddy Riley. And number 3, I'm not sure who I'd go up with number 3. Maybe mm. That's the one I kind of To me those are the two because they really set the stage. Then after that, there are just so many who are instrumental in it. I'm having trouble picking a number three. Like, Bobby jumps my to mind. maybe? I could see Baby, but Bobby really is like kind of jumping to mind. So maybe I'll go with Bobby.
1: Can I pick my three? Yeah. I'll I agree play. with that.
3: Music Soul Child don't count, huh?
1: No, I got my three in mind. <laughs> We're going to go okay. with uh, Christopher Williams. Uh, yes. I'll be oh, sure, here, man. and on, man. Uh, hold on, uh, heavy D. Those are my three.
2: Ooh, heavy D is a good one. I'm Not sure about Christopher Williams though. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I
0: don't I mean I'm not love... sure about Christopher Williams either. <laughs> <laughs> I love Christopher Williams,
3: but but I actually just threw heavy. darts
1: at the board, and that's the three names that came up.
3: Well, and it, it certainly sounds like it. Heavy though <laughs> should get props yes right, great singer
2: right. great vocalist Heavy's underrated to this day man to this
3: day his influence if you look at I mean even to a Drake today a lot of that style Heavy originated he does not get the props he deserves
2: nope
0: no he doesn't Ed um, I think I saw this on your Facebook a while ago I'll be Sure was wilding on uh, Instagram about this Jodeci biopic and this is the last thing we'll talk about New Jack Swing for a bit but why was I'll be Sure wilding out
3: Oh my gosh, player. Everybody want that moment of fame. Shout out to Al B who for some reason looks like Brett the Hitman Hart these days. But anyway <laughs> um, Al B was upset Amen. because he wasn't he didn't get the call for the Joe um, movie. And listen, he was instru- his pen was instrumental in many of their hits. But it's not like he was freaking Devontae, so I don't see what why his why he's in his feelings about it. Should he have gotten maybe a cameo or a mention? Okay, cool. Well, why are we going to revolve the whole movie around him? Let's just chill out, Albie. I don't understand why everybody has to put on in 2018.
2: And this guy doesn't have one classic album to his name. Let's be honest, man. He's had great singles, but the albums have been mediocre.
1: Yeah, he's no Horace
2: Brown. He's no Horace Brown. (laughs) He's definitely no Horace Brown. (laughs) I knew you were going to bring that up at some point
0: We're getting all right, started all right. early here. All right. This is, this is the first and hopefully last time I'll say this, guys. Calm down, guys. Let's move on from this. Oh. Um, <laughs>
2: Calm down, guys. See, there we have it.
0: There we have it. Uh, Tom, let's go into something that you're a little more familiar with. Um, I made a video on Instagram a couple of days ago. Um, so I'll ask you, Tom, how do you peel your banana? Oh, Mike,
1: how is this R&B related?
0: I don't know, but um, how do you peel your banana?
2: I don't know how <laughs> to feel about this question. It sounds quite sexual. I'm no,
0: saying, what is it. going on, Kyle? You got to go peel on my Instagram. From... Oh, God.
1: <laughs> is this the food of the day or something? You peel from the top like a normal person.
0: Oh, no, no. Guys, if you haven't seen my Instagram yet, go to my Instagram at King Buddha, King without an I. Um, I show you how to peel a banana for real. It's actually how the monkeys do it. They do it on the uh, other side of the banana without the weird stem thing. They pinch the bottom, and it just peels right off. So that's your uh, fun fact for the day. But let's go back to R&B. Um, <laughs> wow, I feel so enlightened. <laughs> um, Tom, let's get into something that you're actually familiar with. Donnell Jones has a new record out.
1: You call that Wait a Donnell a Jones now. record?
0: Wait a minute now. Get out of here. They
1: told me. Listen, they told me that Donnell Jones was featured on the Jacquees. Is that how you pronounce it, song? Lil Quavo. Yes. And I listened to the whole song, <laughs> and all I heard was Donnell ad-libbing for five seconds in the beginning and i heard some guy struggling to sing the rest of the song
0: <laughs> come on oh
2: shit <laughs> that was looks like lil wayne if you took singing lessons
1: <laughs> <laughs> no offense though the guy tried i mean the guy props to him for digging up Donnell jones we've been trying to dig up Donnell jones to do this podcast for a while and it's been a challenge so props for getting in the studio with him and getting five seconds of ad-libs
2: what's up with Donnell Jones anyway, man? He dropped that single, what was it, like, um, 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 Never Let It Go or something like that a couple of years ago, and then he just vanished.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's just another one of those who's just doing shows right now, like those 90s artists. He doesn't seem focused on doing an album.
0: Yeah. Do you know what? I'll, I'll reserve my comments for now. <laughs> But this uh, <clears throat> this Jacquees song, 23... Ed, what did you think? I-, I saw you comment on it yesterday.
3: Yeah, player. Now, of course, because it's Kyle. Kyle was too amped up about it. So let your boy bring us down to earth a bit. It's a solid song, but I feel it remind. You know what it reminded me of? And I talked to you about this, Kyle. It reminds me of when Keith Sweat wrote that song for Immature back in 98. And he had Batman sounding like Minnie Keith. Because... Jaque sounds like, it doesn't sound like a song written by Donnell. It sounds like Jacquee's pretending to be Donnell. So when I'm hearing it, it sounds too karaoke-ish. So the song yeah. is okay, but I feel like he's just doing too much Donnell. Plus, why does this dude talk about his age in every song? He's going to be 40 years old singing about how he's 23 and 21 with no kids? You better <laughs> switch up your lyrics on oh man
2: have you heard the whole album though
1: i have not
3: heard the old
0: album yet so what do you think well first of all the lyrics are pretty bad there's one song (laughs) where uh with with trey songs where he talks about massaging the uh female body part and he keeps rhyming the same word on and on um that was pretty bad but we got to give this guy some props um I would like to dub him as the R&B savior because if you look at the track list, guys, he found Don L. Jones. He brought Jagged Edge back from the dead. Latasha Scott's on the album. Um, Jermaine Dupri wow, is ad-libbing on one bed. song. Like, who does that in 2018? What new artist shows this much love to our greats? So,
2: but it doesn't matter.
0: He also has Chris Brown and Trey on the album. So, I don't even care how the album sounds or if the songs are good or not. The fact that he did that, he is in our Soulback hall of fame. Period. Wow. How can you
2: not care if an album's good or not? That doesn't make
0: sense. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, it's about the movement. You know, Yeah, the he's movement's great, but
2: how is it going to move anything if the if the material's weak?
0: Well, name a name a 15-year-old that would know who Don L. Jones is before this Jacquee's album. Nobody would.
2: And even after this album no one's gonna know who Donald Jones is. That's well, true actually. You go. Well that's true.
0: <laughs> it was worth a shot. <laughs> hey, do you oh. know what I respect
2: his um is it you know, acknowledging the greats, I, I respect that. But at the same time the you know, the material has to reflect somewhat of the flavour of these artists. It it's just it's just a really boring album for back to front, man.
0: Wow. Um Ed, but you like that uh, bed song, don't you?
3: It's a guilty pleasure, but again, it's a guilty pleasure because it reminds me of the Avant song. Just like the Donnell Jones song is okay because it reminds me of Donnell Jones. Who is Jacquees? What does he sound like? All I know is he is Shang song, sounding like whoever soul he's <laughs> at Shang moment. So, <laughs> wow. I want to know more about him as an artist. And I have I can't speak on the album because I haven't heard it. So I can't say. I, Soul Child says it's whack. I kind of believe him. But yeah, I, I, mean, like, I like his, his voice.
2: Singing. I really like Jacquees' voice. He has a really interesting voice. But I think the album as a whole, you know, it could have had a lot more diversity. There's no ups and downs. There's no, like, dynamic in there. It's just, like, all, like, trappy sort of. 80 BPM tracks. It's just like, oh man, you know, after three tracks, it gets a little bit tedious.
0: Well, shout out to Jacquees for putting out his album. Um, Ed, you talked about Immature earlier in the podcast. Soulchild, did you know that Ty Dolla Sign was part of Immature at one point?
1: No, he wasn't.
0: Tom, you showed us. I come article up with that us. fact.
1: He was in the band. There was a uh, Marcus Seusson revealed that in an interview. When he was like seven, they said.
2: Oh, that way. Oh, that far back. Okay.
1: True no, story. No, I never
2: knew that. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, and, Br-
1: and Brandy w- and Ray J were background singers for the group. Can you believe that? <laughs> background singers.
3: Sounds, that sounds vaguely familiar, to be honest. I feel like I've heard that before. But Todd Dollar sign playing the drums or whatever, that was completely new to me.
2: <laughs> hey, so, do you know what? You know... No matter what you think of Ty Dollar Sign, he's actually very talented. He just doesn't show it as much as he should.
1: Yeah, so talented.
0: Wait, I've heard someone say <laughs> that before. No, he, no,
2: no, no. Give the guy credit, man. He plays um, like a whole bunch of instruments. He's actually a really good musician. But his, no, that's true. Be, re, I, would, I give him even props for that.
0: that. Yes, like, I, that someone, I give him props for. I think someone had mentioned this, but was it Barry that had mentioned that Ty Dollar Sign was like super R&B? It was somebody. I think it was yeah. Barry. Yeah. Super
1: R&B is an exaggeration. Yeah, it was
0: Barry. Shout out to Barry Barnes. I mean,
1: if this was only like twenty years ago, he probably would have been a totally different artist then.
0: Yep.
1: Yeah. Definitely. He could, yeah. He could have been part of Mint Condition. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
3: good lord! Look, right, and then I say cow by reflex because it was such a ridiculous statement. Yes. Yes.
0: <laughs> All right. Let's focus in. We have a new single that dropped by my boy DJ Camper, who Tom says if DJ Camper produced a who Playboy Cardi song, I would probably listen to it as well. But he produced (laughs) Marcia's new record. Um, Ed, I know you listened to this record earlier, right? I did, and I'm a fan of it. Apparently it's a track that she
3: has performed many times at her shows, so it's one that a lot of fans are familiar with. It's a lot more understated than probably someone would expect for like a rambunctious first single, but I really like it. But you know, I'm a Marsha stan, so most of her stuff I'm going to enjoy anyway. But it was a good look for me.
0: What about you, Soul Child?
2: Um, what was the question again?
0: Marsha's new record.
2: Oh, uh, Marsha's new record, yeah, yeah. Um, do you know what? I like Marsha's material. Sometimes I just wish it was someone else singing it.
1: Oh, man. Geez. Wow.
2: No, do you know what? I'm not, I'm not a fan. I'm a fan of the tone of her voice. I just don't like the fact that she sounds like she's laughing while she's singing. What? What? Yeah, <laughs> she, she's got that sort of special sort of vocal technique that goes. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like she's I, laughing. Honestly,
3: that is actually a pretty common criticism to be. I have heard that from many, many places. Soul Child isn't the first.
2: Yeah, it annoys me, man. I can't enjoy it that way.
1: Oh, man. We loved her Friends and Lovers album.
2: Yeah, it was a solid album, but the vocal just annoyed me, man. It's just, it's just not my taste, but um, I did like this, the song she did with DJ Active and, um, you know, these past singles she's been dropping. And um, was it Lo- Love Ya was the single? I really yep. liked that one. It sort of um, it compensated for the for the vocals somehow. I don't know. I have a trouble listening to a full album of Marsha's. I like singles, but I can't listen to a full album.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Well, she has a new album coming out, I believe, in September, around the same time as Tamia. So that's a lot of good R and B that's coming hey. to us in the coming months. Tamia, we we're need talking. We need some R and B albums right now. We don't. We haven't really gotten a lot.
2: What's been your favorite R and B album so far, 2018? I want to know.
1: Oh. Don't ask us that question. (laughs) Please don't. That's a good question. I gotta
3: gotta think about that one.
0: I personally Mm -hmm. would say, because I'm biased and I'm just biased, but probably Jesse J's album. I think that was the most solid one so far. Um, Like We talked about Neo's album last week, and it's been hit or miss amongst the three of us. I think Ed likes it a little more than us two, but... I mean, there's some good songs on there, but um, Jesse J, probably. I might be missing out on some, but Jesse J, probably.
3: Yeah, that Jesse probably, it's either Jesse or Tony for me. Like you said, it just hasn't been that much. And most of what I've heard has been so mediocre. But Tony, Jesse J, Chloe and Halley was alright. Maya was decent. They're really just five or six okay albums. I know Soulchild did not like Maya's album.
2: Nah, negative. <laughs> it was so boring. So boring. Wow. it's nothing near Smooth Jones. Smooth Jones was a really good album.
0: Grammy nominated as well, so let's not forget about that. Um, Soulchild, I think there's a, there's a record that you will like. And um, I just want to add that she is the second best new female artist out there right now, n- number one being her. Shout-outs to my girl, Gabby. But um, nail put out <laughs> a new record, Another Lifetime. Yep. And you were standing on on this song on our Facebook page. Why do you love this song so much?
2: No, no, no. Hold on. I was just representing. Well, I was actually celebrating the fact that you posted Nail at all, man. That's incredible. <laughs> shout but, out um, to Tom on that one. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's my boy. That's why he's my boy. But you know what? Even as a nail fan, I didn't get the chills that I usually get. I have to be honest it's, it's a good song it's solid she sings really well but there's something about the song that just didn't grab me as much as the stuff on, a, on, a, on, a, on the um, last album for all we know um,
1: correct me if I'm wrong about something you either love a song or hate a song there's no middle um, ground there's no middle ground, no middle ground no, comment that's I've said true. that before
2: <laughs> I like it but I, no 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 true I like it but I don't love it.
0: Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> All right, fair enough.
0: But Tom, as we talk about Nao and these new artists, your boy Zeppelin, or our boy Zeppelin, he's made an outrageous statement that got Ed fired up. What was that statement?
1: No, I agreed with this statement, though. He basically said a lot of these new artists, like LMA and her, uh, wouldn't have been as successful at radio if Beyonce and Rihanna and artists like that had songs out at the time. Can I say, Can I tell you why I agree with that, though? Yeah. If you ahead, think about, that if you think about radio, there's only so many sl- slots at radio, and if you're forced to play Beyonce 40 times a day, that's less times you can play any other artist. So that's the only way I'm looking at it.
3: I mean, and, and I I understand that mentality, but I don't think it's a clean comparison here because I let's go back to like 2009 because I've often said on this podcast that the reason why. Trey Songs finally broke out in 09 was because my cousin Chris was dealing with the Rihanna stuff or whatever, and he was out of the spotlight, and he dropped ready, and that kind of helped him, and he got his own lane. I don't think this is a clear, and I understand what Tom is saying, and there's some validity there. But the reason why this is a little different to me was the way they blew up. Like, we all know, Buddha is like a year and a half old, that was on our list way, way back. But it went viral recently and kind of caught on to a new audience. Then you've got her who blew up virally because of her persona and sizzled with the connection with um, the TDE guys. So I think that those artists, because of their sounds and their connections and the way they blew up, would have still made waves even if we weren't getting hit over the head with a Rihanna song every two seconds. So I do think that 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 has had something to do with it. But I still think that that generation of artists still would have been able to have some wiggle room, even if they were around. Yeah, there's
2: always been room for other artists, even when Beyonce and Rihanna have been on the charts.
1: It's tough to say, but I mean, I think it's a valid conversation to have, at least.
0: Well, wouldn't you guys agree that even if Rihanna and Beyonce were on the charts, I personally believe if Boot Up was pushed correctly like it has been, it would have been a hit anyway. Because that, to me, just, that screams hit record. Yeah, but
3: that's the problem and the frustration with being an R&B fan in 2018 anyway. We hear songs all the time that should be hits, but no one else hears them because they don't have the platform. So that's why I get annoyed with fans. Yeah, you're right about that. But I get annoyed with fans who are like, well, we're tired of hearing so-and-so. Well, player, you've got this big giant thing called the internet that you post memes on all day. Use this opportunity to find some new artists. It's not hard if your fans are soul and stereo. You know I got soul. Help push out that stuff, and then we can get another LMA or, or boot up or whatever to be able to move forward.
1: Yeah, but here's, here's my re- my rebuttal to you, Kyle. If that song was destined to be a hit from the beginning... Then, why did it take a year and a half? There was definitely some external factors we didn't know about going on behind the scenes. And then eventually it broke through. But if it was a guaranteed hit from the start, what, what took so long?
0: Well, Tom, you got to understand that music works in cycles. And in 2016, 17, that's when mustard started to cool off. But 2018, mustard season is back on.
2: Woohoo! <laughs>
3: mustard season. <laughs>
0: mustard season. That's
3: what we're doing. Come on. Mustard season. We have mustard <laughs> but season. But To be honest,
2: he, su- he he switched up his production. He's improved a lot, though, over the years. It's sounding a lot less samey than it used to.
3: No, I agree with that. We're not getting that one-note tropical beat or whatever that mess is we used to always get. So good for him <laughs> with that. But still, Kyle's mustard standing
0: is ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> but At the same time, gonna... I don't
2: believe he produces everything himself anyway. Let's be honest.
0: <laughs> well, don't be mad at me when Freaky Friday is number one on our R&B charts. I'm just saying, guys. Oh, my goodness. Listen. <laughs>
3: it ain't happening. Not on my watch, player. All
0: right. Um, Maxwell dropped, dropped a new record. We never saw it coming. Tom was saying that this was a very emotional record.
1: Yeah. Uh, very in tune with our times. It's always a shocker to get something new from Maxwell out of nowhere, but... Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of, like, makes us think about what we're going through now in the world, especially in the U.S. I mean, almost like a, it's kind of a downer to watch the, the accompanying video and listen to the song, but not really what I was expecting from Maxwell, but what do you guys think of it?
2: Well, here's my input. I miss Groovy Maxwell.
1: You're, you're talking, like, back to his last album?
2: Well the last album wasn't really all that to me. I, I thought it was lacklustre you know, compared to his um earlier albums. Um, you know, Get to Know Ya, Ascension, um well, what are his other hits where he, you know the, those those classic grooves that we know from Maxwell, I'm missing that in his music right now. It's it's hmm. a little it's not upbeat enough sometimes.
1: That's fair. That's definitely fair. Ed?
2: Uh,
3: I like the song, but it's a track that it listen. It ain't something that you driving around with the top off of this summer because <laughs> it is heavy dog. But as far as the content that it pro- and the atmosphere it projects, I think it's a it's a winner as far as delivering what it meant to do and conveying the message it means to convey. So I give it props for that. But it's not something like, ooh, I can't wait to go hear that Maxwell song again. I'm
1: like, uh... Well, let me ask you something, guys. (laughs) Let me ask you this, guys. No one will be
2: listening in two years from now. What? What? No one will be listening to that song two years from now. Let's
1: be honest. Well, that's that's kind of what I was going to say to you guys. Like, with all the problems we're going through in the world and, and in the news, like, do we really... What do you guys think about music like this? Like, even Ed, I read your review of the Nas album and he touches on some socially conscious stuff, you know? Like, to me, I use music as an escape. So, like, hearing some of that stuff is not always easy for me when I'm trying to listen to music. I don't know what you guys think.
3: No, I... For me, I... You have to look at the history of... I mean, and this veers more toward hip-hop, but it definitely goes into soul and R&B as well. Like, the roots of protest music is deep in R&B and hip-hop, and um, R&B as well, and soul as well. So it's part of the foundation that's already been built. So I'm not mad at it. I just want it to be done well and then not be done as a fad. Because we're getting to a point where a lot of artists, and I talk about this on Twitter all the time. And if you got beef, go to ET Bowser on Twitter and light up my mentions. But I don't feel like every artist needs to speak on every issue that goes on. Over on Twitter today, we got Nicki Minaj talking about women being slut shamed and this and that, and she don't know what she's talking about because she does, has not been educated on the topic properly. You got mad, you're mad, and she presents she herself forward. as such. Go holla at me, but the point is, it's. if an artist has a topic that's on their heart and they feel like they're able to speak on it intelligently and convey it well, use your music to do that because you are able to convey that to an audience and a platform that we don't have so I ain't mad at that, but if you're doing it just because it's the new hotness or you're doing it lazily and it's coming off as just more stuff that's going into an echo chamber, save
0: it just do your club stuff (laughs) I agree Well, I don't know if you guys believe it or not, but uh, I've never listened to a Nas album in my life before this Kanye album.
3: No, I believe that
0: is uh, I need bangers (laughs) on on these albums and uh, Nas just hasn't been doing it for me. So to answer your question, Tom, I don't need every song to be political. Just give me them bangers and that's all i
3: <laughs> wait now wait a minute player you just said you've never listened to a nas album and then you said nas don't have any bangers how you know he didn't have any bangers you haven't heard any albums nas has plenty of bangers
2: yeah he's referring to this album i think
0: listen when nas dropped that record with uh carrie hilson hero you guys remember that record yeah of course everyone was saying how different it was for nas and I was like, but I like this Nas, so I went and like quickly sampled the rest of it, and it didn't sound anything like that. I hit exit, and I never turned back.
3: Yeah, that album, I love that album, but that single has nothing to do with the content of the album. Yeah, I clearly remember that. But, so, I mean, you're right, yeah, Nas is always, he's not a radio artist, but he does turn up when he wants to. Now, when we talk about bangers, job ja rule? Woof! I'm going to I'm bang you with his mic if you talk about Jaw Rule in the same breath <laughs> as Nas Escobar. All right.
0: Um, I'm going to do right. an ad
2: right now. Play it, please.
0: Play it, please. All right, moving forward. <laughs> uh, we got another new song out. Um, Fabie, who is she? DJ Soulchild. The red carpet is yours. Talk about this song.
2: Um... Baby is my uh, girlfriend and musical partner. Um, We wrote this song together. And um, she's working on a new EP called The Journey Volume 2, The New Old Me. And the reason it's called The New Old Me is simply because um, she's taken all the elements of the first EP that people loved, but she's freshening it up with new sounds now. She's not going in a trap direction. You don't have to be worried about that. But it's going to be a little bit more uh, synthesized. It's going to be a little bit more modern. Um, it's just going to have a fresh approach to it this time and Who Is She is like um, pretty much a pre-taste of what's yet to come because it has like that future soul sort of vibe to it So, um, but it's still groovy yeah so um, go and check that out it's on all digital platforms right now on all streaming platforms um, it's a really cool song we're very proud of it um, we wrote the entire song together so yeah it's, we're proud of our little baby
0: dope so, I mean, I got to ask you, you know, Tom and Ed, we always talk about it all the time of just fans overseas that love R&B just as much as we do. And I'm kind of mad because even though we f- support Fabie 100%, we're not always the first ones to post it, Tom. There's always this Japanese R&B website that somehow supports Fabie before we <laughs> do. How does that happen in Do you have connections <laughs> to Japan? That's what I want
2: to know. <laughs> Tom takes his time. That's why.
0: Oh. Hey,
1: man. <laughs> I mean, hey, I do my best. <laughs>
2: no, love is love, man. I'm not, I'm not even worried about that. Some people just grab it up um, automatically. I don't know. They just sort of they stalk her, or they just see us on Facebook posting and stuff, and they immediately do a post. Like in Japan, for example, she's really big out there. Like she sold her EP like crazy out there. Um, but how? So Japan is one how? of the biggest market, like, how, markets. Markets. How, how does Japan even
0: reach? How does Japan even find these artists?
2: Um. Do you know what? I think, um, well, do you know what? Japan and Asia, they're really big in their R&B out there, especially Korea. Yep. Korea and Japan, yep. they love their R&B yep. out there. And they really follow it. They're really passionate about it. And I built a relationship up with this um, Japan uh, Japanese website called R And um, through my remixes, this guy is really, fa- he's like a really big fan of the remixes I've done in the past. So every time I post a remix, he immediately posts it. And so through me, he discovered Fabie as well and loves her stuff. So that's basically how it came, you know, into fruition.
0: Mm. Now, Tom, After 7, can we talk about After 7 for a bit? Because I was throwing shots at the industry yesterday. I seem to be doing that a lot recently. But can we give <laughs> After 7 some props? Why do we need to give after, after 7 some props, Tom?
1: They released a fifth single from their last album, Timeless, which is kind of unheard of these days. You see it every... I think Johnny Gill did the same thing recently, but man, fifth single, they just keep pushing. It. I'm even curious why they're doing that. I actually have no idea what they hope to gain by doing that, because it's not cheap to get a single at radio these days, and um, I don't know, what do you, what is your guys' take on that? I mean, they're good songs, don't get me wrong, it's just strange to see.
2: I think it's probably to sort of um, keep them touring, to be honest. When you've got a new single on the charts, it keeps them in the limelight. So um, if they're in the limelight, they're going to have more booking offers. And that's where right. the money's made.
0: But yeah. man, It's, just, mean, it's, it's disappointing because like 112 dropped their album. I think it was even after, after 7, and we haven't heard from them since the album dropped.
2: Because the album was weak, that's why. Oh,
0: man.
1: Jeez. Vicious. It was though, I mean, come on,
2: let's be honest. Man.
1: Well, the thing about 112 was, we, we've ta- we talked about the album when it came out, and it was just sad to see how they just fizzled out right after that album. We were hoping for a big comeback, and they were going to be kind of more prominently out here again, but man, it's almost like they didn't even care to push a single. I mean, I, I don't, I don't but understand. I,
2: I didn't feel like there were many singles on that album to start with. I didn't think that a lot of it was very single worthy. I thought it was very much a filler material album. That's just my thoughts. But um, I'm a huge One Twelve fan. Don't get me wrong; I'm not dissing them here. I just don't think it was a solid comeback, mm. and I think good music speaks for itself. When a song is great, people latch on to immediately, whether it's in the charts or not. And people just didn't latch onto the music because it was mediocre. That's my take on
1: it. Mm. Well, then why did why did they even release it then? Maybe they didn't, did they not realize it was mediocre when they put it out, and there weren't singles on there.
2: Well, they didn't have like the you know the key elements that they used to have. Puffy wasn't on board. They didn't have um, Derek um, Angeletti of, of the, ba- um, the Bad Boy Hitman crew. You know, the, it was like, I think it was like an entirely self-produced album, wasn't it?
1: That's a good question. I'm not even sure.
2: Ed, I think it know. was actually. I think it was Daron Jones who did most of it. And if you don't have like the hit, hit makers on the album, it's not going to be a hit. Unless mm-hmm. you're actually that talented yourself to create hits. But I didn't feel like, you know, the production or the vocals were really that good. I mean, I think, you know, there's a sickness in R&B going around these days that all vocals have to be synthesized and sound robotic. And that's the problem I had with this album. It sounded way too robotic. It sounded too overproduced. Um, It didn't sound natural enough like on their previous albums. I like to hear great vocals without the autotune and the robot effect on it. And I think that kills the whole soul of an album.
0: No, 100%. more I have a feeling that they agree.
1: See, I have a feeling that, you know, as in the case of most artists, they really haven't kept up their craft and their vocals really aren't where they used to be. So they probably aren't able to do those performances like they used to. I
2: think it's more of a uh, uh, I think it's more of a situation of trying to keep up with times and sound modern as opposed to having the vocal abilities. I think they still have it in them. I think they still can sing very well. I know for a fact Q and Slim I mean, Slim, I mean, you can argue whether he's a great vocalist or not. He does what he does, and he's a lead vocalist, and he stands out. But Q and Daron and Mike, they're all formidable um, vocalists in their own right. And I think it could have worked out. I just think they were chasing trends, to be honest.
0: Mm. Now, Ed, you know, we talk about 112, and I know you're a huge 112 stan. Mm -hmm. And when they put out a record and it's not up to par, obviously you're disappointed. But I got to ask, what was the last album that came out that you were genuine, genuinely excited about, like back in 1996 when Keith Sweat dropped that semi-classic album?
3: Did you call that a <laughs> semi-classic a album? Classic <laughs> album? Um, now, do you mean excited about as far as an album that kind of would go on to be a classic or just any album that I was like super excited about as a fan?
0: Yeah, like super excited about it as a fan, like you couldn't wait to go to your local CD shop. To, well, I guess you don't buy CDs anymore. Well, actually, you do. Like I do, if you know I that, can. That that fandomium that we used to have as as fans. Like, what was the last CD for you that you had that for?
3: It's been a long time. I will say, I was super excited for this Nas album, which ended up being okay. I, I mean, I, I like it, but it's not. It's still, I would say... It's near not the a classic,
2: like everyone's raving.
3: No, no, no. I saw someone saying it was as good as um, it was written. I'm like, what did you hear, player? No. But anyways, <laughs> I liked it. Solid album. Life is Good was a much better album. Oh, that's a five-star classic. But, oh, not a classic, but five stars. I won't get into that debate with the five stars versus the classics. But I can't really remember. And it's unfortunate that we've gotten to a place where... We just kinda like get the music and consume it, but I feel like our expectations, so to speak, have been lowered. That it's just kinda like, Well, I hope it's decent. The last one I remember being super duper hyped for was A Marie's probably sophomore album because I loved her first album so much. But and I and I loved the second one too. But it's been years player since I've had that type of excitement.
0: What about you, Tom?
1: That's hard to say on the spot, it's really... I will say, though, I'm really not that excited about anything right now, like I used to be. I think it was different back then, though, when we were younger, because now you you have different access to stuff, you could preview stuff and all that, and like you have access to social media, so you kind of know what's coming. Back then, you were going in blind, you know, yeah. you you went to the store, you maybe had heard one single, and you were picking up the CD, you had no idea what to expect, so... It was just like a whole different experience back then. It's not quite the same now, but um, yeah. I'd rather really to you think about to it an album
2: for much it. longer, because um, these days we're so, we're so flooded with so much new music on a daily basis, you don't really sit with an album long enough to enjoy it to its fullest potential. Yep. That's the problem these days.. Yep.
3: Yeah. All I mean, right. that's a great point. Like I like I said, I wrote the review for the Nas album, and people are like, where's the Jacquees album and review, and where's the um, J-Rock album review? And I'm like, play It's like 20 reviews if I was doing that every day, but we get inundated with so much material, and unfortunately, most of it is just like okay or above average, so it's hard to sit with something. And when we do it, and I think that kind of feeds into this unfortunate place where we are where we get something that's pretty solid and then we're like it's a classic it's a classic because the bar has been lowered so far that yeah when we get something that's just a solid four star album we act like it's the Illmatic and it's not that serious
0: mm-hmm. uh, so I gotta admit the last R&B album I was excited about guys I was suckered in by the Tyrese Gibson marketing scheme oh boy that- that uh TGT3 Kings album he said it was the most important R&B album in 10 years i believed him it was all right it was all right <laughs> i
3: tried to t- i told y'all to calm down with the hype on that one and it was okay it's like what we've been discussing oh it was all right
2: yeah you know what it's like when you get all this hype around an album and then you know everyone's screaming it's a classic or the artist himself is actually sort of you know hyping it to the highest level and you try and enjoy that album as much as he's hyping it. You, you play it so many times to find, you know, that feeling that he has himself. Have you ever had that experience? And then you sort of completely sort of forget about your first instinct. That's what I have oh. with Tyrese as well. I tried to love that album. I really did. Because I believed every word he was saying, but it just did not meet up, you know, just, just did not meet the expectations. So you know, I've just learned to sort of trust my own instinct. When I don't like an album after first listen or second listen even, then it's just it's just not it.
1: And I just so, want to I, say one thing. Uh, go go ahead, Ed.
3: I just want to before you get into it, Tom, to kind of piggyback off a of Soul Child. If y'all get one thing out of this conversation we're having right now, if you're listening to this podcast, just trust your own instincts. I don't like that we've gotten to this place where it's like. Well, Twitter says it's a classic, and Tyrese said it's a classic, and Tyrese retweeted all these YouTube reaction videos with idiots screaming about, Ah oh, I got my
2: life, ah!
3: and you hear it, and you're like, it's okay, but maybe it is good, and I'm missing something. No, if you listen to something, and you aren't feeling it, you aren't feeling it. It's okay to be, to not follow and drink the Kool-Aid, whether it's Cardi B, Or Jacquees or anybody else at Twitter says it's the greatest thing ever. If you ain't feeling it, you ain't feeling it. If you feeling it, great for you.
2: And nine times out of ten, when the internet is screaming classic, it's usually not a classic.
1: Man, listen, you already know. I just wanted to provide a counterpoint because Kyle and I were just talking about this the other day about Tyrese. When he rolled out the album, he had such a creative promotional plan. He was, like, showing up in the streets of New York and the subways singing and creating a spectacle out of it. Why don't we have artists do similarly creative ways of releasing their albums? The plans that these artists are doing to roll out an album are so stale and boring that it's almost like they're going to throw an album out and cross their fingers and hope someone hears it.
2: Man, should we get into with these 90s artists, man? that think they've got the same hype as they do back in the 90s, and they, it's, they sort of um, you know, rely on that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh,
2: come on, man. Yeah. I mean, the, the these artists from the 90s, they don't get it. They don't understand how these things work these days, and it frustrates the hell out of me, especially when the album's really good. I mean, the
3: right. but to, was, in, in their defense, 20 though, years ago? It was, was 20, 20 years, years ago, up. but in their defense, and I'm not defending it totally, but from their perception... To them, they're like, well, this is what worked before. This is what worked for my audience. This is what worked. This is what made me a star. So I'm not going to reinvent the wheel. It's a flawed mindset to have, but especially for an artist who, and let's be real and be honest, a lot of these artists are sheltered. They're surrounded by their yes men. They don't really know how the industry is changing right now. And I think that sometimes they're missing out. So they step into it. I'm going to do what made me hot in 1996. Well, you can keep Mm -hmm. on trying because all your fans now are paying bills and not paying attention to you. So you have to do as much shade as I can throw Tyrese away about many things. I give him props for being creative. I give her props for being creative. I give a lot of these newer artists a lot of love for trying to approach things in different ways. And it works. Like it The Johnny Simpson ain't calling you to get on video, so so get over
0: it. And then just the last point for, you know, just to add on to you guys about having your own opinion. I'm the living testament of that. I remember every time Brandy dropped an album, she would say it was an amazing album. And then, like, three years later, she would be like, I didn't really like that album. I'm on to bigger (laughs) and better things. And I was emotionally attached to those albums at that point. I'm like, what do you mean you didn't like it? I loved it. So... Just have your own opinion, and life will be a lot easier for you. Just don't do what I did. Um, yeah. Let's get into the Play of Please Award. We have a couple. Um, you know, I know we're running short on time here, but we have a couple to go through. And speaking of Brandy, uh, we don't really need to talk about it, but uh, I just wanted to ask you guys. You, I guess you guys follow artists on Facebook, right? Like, you like their pages? Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. yep. So
0: I was scrolling through my Facebook yesterday, and Brandy posted... Eleven secret things that you can use to please your girl in bed, and it was a picture of a girl shoving a cucumber down her throat. Oh. <laughs> Why is Brandy? Avanti- this on Facebook? Avant
2: is guilty of this as well. Jay Holiday as well. It happens all the time.
1: Is that a, are they hacked or is that like a sponsored post that they're getting paid to post? I don't understand. I,
0: I know the I know the answer to this. I what mean sometimes
3: it's a sponsor post but again you got to realize that we put these artists on a pedal, pedestal and we think they're freaking Nelson Mandela. Man, they're just as ridiculous as your hood cousin down the street. They post no, no. stuff.
0: No, no, it, it actually is a sponsor post. Um and the person that's in charge of posting these things, Ed, is none other than Spectacular from Pretty Ricky. It's his marketing company. What spectacular from Pretty Ricky is out here
3: <laughs> with these media takeout <laughs> trash posts? Yeah, he's like a millionaire. So, he,
1: wow. so he's like Brandy. We'll give you fifty thousand bucks if you post this, and she did it.
3: Pretty much. Well, sort of. I mean, that's kind of a shorthand way of saying it. My wife does a lot of sponsored stuff like that, but as an well as as someone as I know who works with sponsored posts, you have the option to be like, I don't want to do that. So, it's not like they don't know what's going well, They probably don't know what's going on, but they have the ability to know what's going on.
2: Yeah, they are. Uh, I personally they, I personally think like, you know, we have artists like Jaheim, Jay Holiday, um, and Ludacris even. They post these weird things all the time on their fan yeah, pages. And I think it, I think ludicrous. it's more to keep the fans engaged.
1: Oh.
3: And that's why they do it—the drive-up conversation and followers. That's that's why they do it. It's not like they can keep posting roll out and and area codes five times a day. They got to have some other content.
2: Absolutely, <laughs> but um, you know, and you know these guys for—I mean, you know, someone like Ludacris who has a lot of money, he's very rich. I mean, he's got the power to sort of um, you know, sort of I don't know to determine who is actually running his fan page and who isn't it can't be some sort of weird guy behind it all just posting all this weird stuff. I think no, it's man, detrimental it's not, to someone's it, career because it, people think they're it, ridiculous in the end.
0: No, nah, that's yeah, spectacular at, from Pretty at, Ricky.
3: <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the day, they're looking at followers and engagement, so they probably don't even know what's posting. They just give them a report and like, you got 400 new followers and look at all this engagement. And he did not know what they're posting. They're posting booty pics on your page, dude. Exactly.
2: <laughs> I've unliked so many pages because of this because it's just been too ridiculous.
0: Yep. <laughs> um, all right, next player, please. I'm just gonna ask you guys this question. Um, will you guys be going to? I- Actually, Soulchild, do you guys have IHOP over in uh, Switzerland?
2: Nope. I don't even know what that is. What is that?
0: It's like a wow. breakfast. Pan- do you know what pancakes are?
2: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah they- do you know what
0: pancakes are? Oh my god i don't know anyways it's a uh, like a dummy here it's like a breakfast chain and they specialize in pancakes uh more recently they rebranded their marketing plan they've changed their name from the international house of pancakes to the international house of burgers so they're going to be specializing in hamburgers now um ed and tom will you guys be visiting ihob
2: just what we need right another hamburger place
0: well, the thing is, they always had burgers in
3: there anyway, but who goes there to get a burger? So, I don't see the point. I'm just waiting for 2 chains or somebody to make a mixtape called IHOB and call it International House of Booty, because you know it's coming.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, you know I'm hitting up that IHOP, but I'm not getting a burger. Come on, that's risky. Oh, okay. So, what are you going to get, a plate of uncooked chicken? Listen, some buttery, watery scrambled eggs. Oh my! Some a a big stack of pancakes with some plain syrup and some over toasted hash browns on the side.
0: Mm mm mm. Good eating (laughs) over with Tom. Sounds like a delightful (laughs) meal. Um, The last play a please award. um, I'm gonna give this play a please award to myself as well as Tom. Ed, we'd like to make an apology. I'm listening. All right. So uh, more recently, uh, I've been doing yoga. Do you guys do that? Have you guys tried that?
3: I've
1: done it before. No.
0: no. So for those that don't know, or I think people, most people do know, yoga is a lot of like stretching and meditating and reflecting. And uh, I was doing it the other day, and it like kind of dawned on me that we've been doing Ed wrong this entire time. And I realized it's because yoga, in its purest form... Is being in a room, listening to soothing music, and standing in a room barefooted. And Ed, I know you like to do that a lot at concerts, <laughs> and I know how it feels now, and I can't hate on you. <laughs>
3: oh, Ed. Hold no, hold on. I am. I'm, I'm. I'm on my laptop. I'm trying to expedite these tickets because I'm trying to see the closest flight to Vancouver. Cause... Ed, leave
1: your gators at the door.
3: Oh. <laughs> No, oh, I'm shit. wearing the now lady gators when I put these paws on young Kyle. Oh.
1: <laughs> Damn. I'm proud so, of Kyle for getting older and getting more philosophical, though. That's impressive.
3: Oh, yes. No, the dementia is
0: setting in very quickly with this one. Good God. <laughs> so, child, do you experience that in Europe, the barefooted concerts, or are you guys still rocking Adidas and baggy clothes? No,
2: nah, man. I mean, even if there is those types, I'm not there to witness it, to be honest. I don't go to these kind of shows. Come on now.
1: (laughs) First of all, do you know where this originated? I was at a Layla Hathaway show, and she was barefoot on stage. And somehow that transformed into everyone being barefoot in the audience. I don't know how.
3: No, I thought this started with Eric Benet. (laughs) That was the
1: first person I saw. Who?
3: Eric Benet. He was the
1: originator. Oh, I didn't see that. Eric Benet? I didn't know about that.
3: I've seen Eric
1: Benet do that many times. Hell, I don't want to see someone's stinky feet, and I like Eric <laughs> Benet.
2: The only person uh, I know barefooted uh, is Joss Stone. She goes barefooted.
3: Yeah, she's another one. She might be the first, but her and Eric Benet were probably the two that I saw first. Then it became Meredith was doing it.
1: Can you imagine being on stage barefoot? The stage is made out of wood. You could get a splinter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just
3: saying. <laughs> Why do I do this podcast? Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> Tom, Can you it's, imagine it's... Eric Benet having to pause the show because he got a serious splinter?
2: Yeah, singing like a high run. Go, ouch, in between it. yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Guys, it's oh, earthly. Leave him alone. Uh, all right, Soulchild. We got to ask you one more question before we get out of here. This is a question we ask sure. every guest on the podcast. <laughs> and uh, I think... By the end of this, you might only have one friend on this podcast. Actually, I'll still be your friend because I don't care. But either Tom ah, or, okay. or 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 Ed won't be your friend anymore. The question, the pressing question is, who are you rocking with, Music Soulchild or Keith Sweat? Oh, now come I knew it was coming. On.
2: I knew it. I knew
0: no, it. this is um, un-
2: <laughs> this is unfair. He has it in his Wahoo. name. This really is unfair because I like both of them for different times. Um, Key Sweat is a more of a nostalgic thing for me when I sort of you know go on my iPod and sort of dig up some '90s R&B. I've got like a, my own sort of Key Sweat Best of playlist on my, on my iPod, so um, I love Key Sweat. I'm not going to lie. Um, I love music Soul Child as well. Um, I'm just trying to think who has classic albums and how many. I know Key Sweat has classic albums for sure. Does music soul child? Yeah, he does have a classic album. His debut was a classic. Beyond that, does he have a classic? Yes.
3: No. Wait, not let
0: really. Tom what, Tom, what What are the classics?
1: Well, classic is such an arbitrary term we throw around so loosely these days. Who's to say what's a classic or not?
3: Well, you're just saying like a second ben one. Or... What is it?
1: Back at, listen, back in the 90s, we called everything a classic, first of all. No, this we did true. not. <laughs> no, we everything didn't. Was Everything is considered a classic in the 90s. Come on.
3: No, I didn't start hearing this classic no, stuff really. until, like, 2011. That's when everybody was calling everything Horace a classic. We even called Horace
1: Brown a classic album. No, now, no one called it a classic, bro. <laughs> oh, you said he was a legend. Oh Let's just get the terminology straight.
0: Wait, you said he was a legend. No, actually, I think You could be a
2: legend without time. having multiple classics, though.
0: Tom, is. he has a valid point. I've seen people throw legend around for H-Town.
2: Um, yeah.
3: See, the people don't understand terminology. I can, they were influential. They were not... You can be influential. You can be a trendsetter. That doesn't mean you're a legend.
1: Yeah. Okay. Pioneer. Oh. Um, yeah, I guess it's a, a nicer way of saying they're old now.
2: <laughs> but, you know, like I told you out here, I mean, in Europe... Horace Brown is considered a legend because he's collaborated with a lot of European artists over the years. So he stayed in, you know, he stayed on the limelight out here, not so much in the states. That's why, you know, he probably gets degraded to a one artist, well, one album artist, which he still is. But he's he still put himself out there out here in Europe, and that's why people still rock with him. But um, that's why he lives here, by the way. Um, but back to your question, music Soulchild versus Keith Sweat. Oh man. Um, Wow. Think hard I about think I'm going to have to go with Keith, man. I'm going to have to Ooh. go with Keith.
0: Wow. Just you because I grew up with his music
2: <sighs> and I have fond memories. Um, he has a lot more classic singles. Um, but, you know, it, it's unfair to compare because they have different time spans, you know. Like, Keith Sweat has been around since the late 80s, whereas, you know, Music Soul Child has only been around since 2000. So, Keith Sweat has, like, a, a head start. But, um... Yeah, just for classic reasons, for nostalgic reasons, because I keep pulling it up again and again. It'd have to be Keith, man. Keith's a well, legend, su- man. Well, he's
3: a legend. I gotta, I'm surprised. I, I'm glad that you're on the right side of history, Soul Child, because I just knew you were drinking a music
2: Kool-Aid.
3: Uh, <laughs>
0: listen, uh, Tom, Tom, we have to do a little he- revision on the, uh, when we post this podcast. When we say uh Soulback Podcast featuring special guests... It's not going to be DJ Soulchild anymore. He doesn't even deserve Soulchild in his name. It'll just be featuring DJ. Oh. <laughs> featuring DJ? Yes. Well, the
2: fact that you stole my name gives him minus
1: points anyway, so... Uh, in, f- in fact, you need to change your name to DJ Sweat. DJ Sweat? <laughs> DJ sweat. I think that's a fine name.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: that's hilarious. No, no but right. you know what? Um, Yeah... Keith Sweat's a man, man. He can't front on that. Fair enough. And he's still going. He's still going. He's still selling out shows. He has such a loyal fan base, and that's not for no reason.
0: This is true. true. Shout-outs to Keith Sweat.
2: I'm sorry, Tom. You're still my boy, though.
0: Nah, I don't like you.
2: <laughs> what the hell with you, too, then? <laughs> all right,
0: all right, all right. Calm down, guys. We got one more question before we get out of here. This was actually going on in our chats earlier so so i gotta ask you this because tom and i are on 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 one side of this and ed is on the other is neo considered an r&b legend at this point
2: Ooh, um that's a good question i saw that the other day uh, or last week sometime i think you guys posted that on ig i think it was um i don't see him as a legend yet i have to be honest He's not a legend yet. I think um, he's been around for like 13 years now. I don't think 13 years qualifies an artist to be, you know, called a legend just yet. I mean, he's done legendary stuff. I mean, he's he's had loads of hit singles. But him as an artist, has he had like more than one classic?
3: Uh I don't think so. No. I don't no. and I agree with you um, I was talking in the Soul and Serial site for the Facebook group and one of the readers brought up a good point and he said he doesn't consider Neo a legend he just considers him very prolific and I think that's a good way to look exactly. at it Exactly, because when exactly. a lot of people were commenting on the post they were like well he's legendary because he wrote this Beyonce song, and that song, and that song, and that song. And I'm like, yeah, you're saying that he's a legendary writer, but you aren't naming any actual material. We love Neil's albums, but I don't feel like the catalog that require, that requires someone to be a legend is there. And that's no shade. I love him. He's one of the best artists of the past 15, 20 years. But everybody can't Absolutely. be a legend.
1: Exactly. So you know what that's exactly. You know what that means, though, if you think about it. If Neo is not a legend, then we're probably not going to have someone named a legend ever again, most likely, in R&B. Like, who was the last person we anointed a legend? Because I don't see the genre creating any more legends. Breezy!
2: I, th- I think we have artists with potential to be a legend, if they keep at it. And I yeah. think, I don't for think example, it's... Anderson I mean... Pack has all the makings of a future legend, for example. Wait, who are you talking about? Anderson Pack.:
1: this is, uh, We're talking about R&B here.
2: <laughs> yeah, he is R and B man. If you checked out his album,
1: oh my god! Okay. Don't get uh, these guys uh, right. started. Right. But um, the, the thing with me, Al
2: is very much R and B. Come on now.
1: <laughs> Any other examples? Had, that sing. I would um, say Chris,
0: Chris Brown is the last R and B legend. How many classic albums? Exactly. He's exactly. a forty-five song album. That He's is just, he is such a albums. mediocre
2: song artist, man. He puts out so many mediocre songs. Like out of that forty-track album, how many songs do you think are going to stand the test of time on there? Zero. Come on now. Uh,
0: next
1: artist, cu- Let's, who else we got? <laughs> I'm curious to hear who you guys think. Then who would, who is the last R and B legend that ever came out?
3: I mean, the closest one. I mean, Tom has a point. I don't know if here's again. Here's the thing: we live in a an era where first of all it's going to be harder to be a legend because there the crowd the the ugh, the foundation has been set already so when you have yeah. artists in the 90s who set the foundation in order to become a legend you need to just totally reshape the foundation and start anew so that we aren't seeing that right now so that's why Anderson again to um, soul child's credit I can actually kind of see that because he is shaking up the the status quo, and if he's able to go on that, then maybe so. But that's why I know younger fans get very upset because they're like, "We don't have. We want a legend of our own. So like, we gonna make somebody a legend, but we can't really do it when they don't have the foundation and tools. The closest one I can think of is Alicia Usher." Like, those are the only ones worthy of conversation, at least.
2: Hmm. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Mm. Um, I think Music Soulchild has the potential to become a legend if he keeps at it.
1: Uh, I'd uh, say he's probably the closest shot we have, though. Uh, honestly. If he keeps going.
2: Raheem Devon. Raheem possibly...
1: Uh, no, uh, I see where you're going with that, but he doesn't have. Uh, I, I see where you're going with that, but I don't think he has made enough of an impact. I mean, you could name so many artists nowadays, younger artists, who are influenced by Music Soul Child, but, like, who is Raheem Devon really influenced? Yeah. No,
2: I see what you're saying, but I think Neo definitely has a potential. Well, I think down the line he will be recognized as a legend, but it's just not yet. It's too early for that.
3: Yeah, yeah. I just. I feel like it's too. And again, it's not too late. It's not like the dude is in the grave. He has plenty of time to put out material that will make us be like, okay, he's a legend. And I think in 10 years from now, he'll be remembered as one of the best. But as of today, 2018, I can't put him in legend category. And I can't really think of anybody outside of those 2004, four five artists. There's a reason why I haven't given anybody five stars in like, I don't know, 10 years. Because we just haven't had an album that reaches that level yet. So
1: I got to. Y'all for want you. to be
3: a legend? Work harder. That's
1: all I got. Anthony to say. Hamilton. and Without better material. Anthony Hamilton and who? And Ledisi.
2: Anthony uh, Hamilton for sure.
3: You can make a strong case of him. I know. I love Ledisi. I don't know about Ledisi because, and I nah, say that either. because. Yeah, ought to not be a now. legend you also Oh no 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 I'm not talking now. like ten years. Oh, I can see that. I can definitely see Legacy down the line. Because it also has to do with how prolific your songs are. If I name if I say your name, can you name five or six songs that really have made an impact from that artist? Not just stuff you like. So I think that's another telling thing. I love me some Legacy, but when I started naming my favorite Legacy tracks, I think the fan off street going to be like, I ain't never heard that song.
0: Wait, I got a question for you guys. So, let's say for example, someone like uh, I hate, I'm just going to throw Lettice as an example. This is not a shot at Lettice but mm-hmm. we're saying that she's a couple of years removed from being a legend and all she needs to do is keep it up. Well, first of all, in these next 10 years when she drops albums, for each album that comes out, only about 3,000 people are going to listen to it. So how are we going to quantify that as turning somebody into legendary status?
1: What do you wait wait? What, what do you mean three thousand people are going to listen to it? They're just streaming it. They're not buying it anymore. You have seen? You ever seen how packed her shows get when she does actual tours? Uh, I'm
3: just saying. You also got and you got to remember, player. You can't just judge legendary status by going quadruple platinum. Look at Donny Hathaway. You say that name, you're like, oh, he's a legend. He's one of the greatest singers of all time. Go back and look at what he actually sold. He won't pop in like that with sales, but his influence is what killed it. His talent is what right. killed it. So now we recognize him. So it ain't just about going, if that's the case, we might as well just give Puffy and MC Hammer just the crowns now, because they're the goats of all time.
1: Kyle, Kyle, how many views do you think lettuces video for High has on YouTube?
0: Less than a million.
1: Two point one million.
0: Wow. Alright So there you have are it. they real Wait. views though? No, do me a favor. Can you uh YouTube true by Lloyd and see how many views that has? What's your guess? More than see. Seventy
1: six mm. million.
0: And welcome to the legendary status, Lloyd. Oh
1: god. <laughs> no. I was come just trying on to now. I was trying to prove that people actually listen to Led You said 3,000 people Are listening.
2: No, well, who, no, come on. I mean, who has Lloyd influenced over the years? Nobody.
1: Michael Jackson.
2: No, who has Lloyd, is Lloyd influence influenced?
0: Michael Jackson. Exactly. <laughs> Have you Hilarious. not heard on Cupid? Michael Jackson would be jealous of those vocals. Uh huh,
2: bro. I'm logging off right now.
0: <laughs> oh.
2: I'm take me with you, player.
0: Anyways, uh, we're gonna we're gonna stop this uh this episode now because you guys are going crazy. Uh, but <laughs> we'll be back next week wow. to talk more R&B. So, <laughs> child man, we or DJ Sweat, if we're gonna call you that now, we appreciate DJ Sweat. sweat. <laughs> we appreciate you for joining us on this podcast, man. Always Thank welcome you. back because you know your music. Um, and keep it coming with your music with fabie's music and with those facebook posts keeping us posted on everything that's coming out in R&B, guys if you need to know what's coming out on r and you don't want to sit through the, through this podcast just add dj soulchild on facebook he'll give you everything you need to know
2: absolutely man I i feel that's my calling man i need to be a part of this movement i need to sort of help to uphold this genre that we all love man because Not many people are doing that anymore, man. So, respects to you guys as well. And, um, you know, for keeping the genre alive and for going through everything to get the best interviews and going to the shows and, you know, go to the album listening parties and and posting up artists, whether they're famous or not, supporting, like, new upcoming artists as well. You guys are so vital to this scene, man. So, I want to give props to you guys, too.
0: Appreciate you, man. Absolutely. Now, Ed, uh, before we get out of here, what's going on with SoInStereo.com?
3: Man, a lot, and I know that most of our listeners have been wrapped up in this whole Kanye dropping seven-track albums from Wyoming stuff, so if you missed out on any of those, we've got reviews from Nas, we got reviews of Kanye West album, we got reviews of the Kanye and Kid Cudi joint, we've got Tiana Taylor coming up next week, so if you want to catch up on those, get the reel from your boy about how good these releases are minus the Twitter hype. And then we've also got reviews of Jesse J, Neo, and the column that everybody loves, the whatever happened to column is back. And this time we're looking at my girl, A Marie, to talk about where she's been, what she's doing, and what went wrong because she should have been a megastar, but it didn't happen, and I'll tell you why.
2: And I cannot wait for Tayana Taylor, Taylor to drop, man. I'm just saying that.
3: From yeah. the snippets, she might have a hit on her hands. Yep.
2: Where'd you hear the snippets?
3: Um, she posted them on her IG. Go check them out.
2: Oh, shit. I need to check that out. I'm a huge fan. I think Language. she's amazing.
0: Language DJ Sweat. This is a pg It's a children's show. program. <laughs> Children uh, out not checking
2: for R&B. Who are you kidding?
0: Yes. <laughs> Tom, what's going on with You Know I Got Soul?
1: Man, it's been slow like we talked about. I'm just happy we had some stuff to post this week. You know, Between Tamia and her album announcement, same thing with Marsha. I just want to see more because we've been looking at the lineup for the upcoming albums in the next few months. I don't have anything after Neo came out. I don't mm. know if you guys heard of anything, but I have nothing this summer on, my, on the radar here. This is hey, crazy. Hey, do you know so- what,
2: man? There's an album out there that's a real sleeper right now. He's, he's done barely any promotion for it, but it's a really solid album. And you'll be actually uh, surprised to hear who it is. It's uh, Kiki Wyatt's brother. Kiva. Kiva West, he's called. And he's got wow. an album out there wow. called, um, oh, let me check. Hold on. What's the name of it again? Kiva West. Um, oh, damn it. Give me a sec. I, I've, I've got it on my laptop here.
0: Kiva okay. West. Well, where do you even anyway, find uh, stuff, yeah. man? Jeez. I'm not going to Go lie. and check him out, man.
2: <laughs> when, uh, he, it's, it's a solid album, man.
0: One soul child had said, uh, it's somebody that you wouldn't expect. I thought he was going to say Eric Bellinger, but I'm glad it didn't turn out way. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> Eric Bellinger? Never. <laughs> I was Eric.
1: expecting some, uh, some like, 1989 New Jack Swing One Hit Wonder that was back.
2: <laughs> I don't know why I get this label, man. What, what even started this shit? Who knows with these <laughs> two?
3: <laughs> I don't know. These, the the rude confused. Boys are coming back. Good lord.
1: <laughs> 2D
2: Extreme are coming back as well
3: <laughs> 2D Extreme? Yep oh, There's going to be a
2: compilation oh. album that's coming out soon With like new material by Force MDs, uh, Full Force uh, 2D Extreme um, A
3: whole bunch saw, of um, I saw, 90s acts I act. saw
0: that, I think Troop is on that album as well Good What? In the- I
1: totally missed this
0: I did see this I got an email about it
1: And if anyone cares, I heard Ed's brother Chucky Booker is coming back too
0: what? My, really?
1: No. Yeah. What really? <laughs> really?
2: No, Chucky Booker's a musical genius. I don't care what any of you say.
0: Thank wow, you,
3: soul child. Thank you. Just because joke. these weirdos don't <laughs> know
2: him. Well, you know, to you know, t- to Tom's defense, he started listening to R&B when he was 30 years old. How can you know? That's true actually. True story.
0: <laughs> no, it's right, right. true. Uh and then uh, on my end, I have, uh, I'm have i going to Chris Brown's concert for some reason uh, next week, even though he doesn't even sing live anymore. But it's him, her, so that's probably why I'm going, uh, Jacques. So I'll let you guys know how the vocals are. And um, there's one more artist that I'm forgetting. Uh, it might be a boogie with the hoodie. I don't remember. But, um, yeah, that should be fun. I actually have two tickets uh, that I'm giving out. For anyone that is in the Seattle area, because my friend bailed bailed on me, so if you want to come watch Chris Brown with me, uh, holla at the podcast. Holla at you know I got to hook you up.
1: <laughs> and in the meantime,
0: uh, in the meantime,
1: Ed, let us know if that new Whitehead Brothers album's coming out anytime soon. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Leave my boys alone,
2: <laughs>
1: man.
2: You, you better be nice man Kenny Whitehouse is my boy man <laughs> That is the let I'm not going to sit here and let you Besmirch his name like that
1: Exactly I that is I the point. I, I just asked for a new album It's been two uh-huh. decades maybe even three
3: we, we know what you're doing player Shout out to my t-
2: <laughs> This guy oh. man always throwing shade man Yeah yeah see you're, you're covering uh, For Carl today man you're the shade thrower Today <laughs> what's going on with you Tom man what happened in your life that you're so shady today?
1: I'm uh, just making I'm just having fun, guys. Relax.
0: All right, alright. So we're gonna get out of here. Uh so child again appreciate you for joining us. Ed, pleasure Thank as you. usual. Tom, mm-hmm. you and I will go and listen to some Orange Juice Jones or OJ the juice man, whatever you like <laughs> to call it. Oh my and god. And we oh, are out Jones. of here. <laughs> <Is that> Peace.
1: <laughs> get out. Peace.